Hey everyone, welcome to Family Care Learning Podcast. My name is Brandon Jones. I am the Clinical Services Program Manager with Arizona Family Counseling, which is a ministry of Christian Family Care. I am super excited about today because um, if any of you remember, I had an interview with Haley um, not too long ago about their foster care experience. Now, Haley's a family coach and a child and family therapist with Arizona Family Counseling. And today... Uh, she brought her husband back to kind of really get the uh, the just the marriage version of this, right? The male and the female version, because I think there's so many nuanced intricacies when we think about the foster care experience and especially like grief around that foster care experience. And so, Garrett, thank you also for coming and just being a part of this. And so just to remind uh, our listeners, our viewers, as far as would you just kind of give a short recap of your foster care story? Um, yeah, so we um, began the foster care process, um, it'll be two years ago this spring, um, and then got um, placements pretty quickly after that. In fact, I don't even think we were fully licensed yet. We got, got a call, um, and then the kiddos were with us up until this last uh, January. Okay. And so yeah. we took two kiddos as our first placement, um, and then they were reunified um, in January. Okay. So that's kind of been our... Yeah. Experience. Yeah. And I know from last time when we were talking, right, you mentioned that uh, you got into foster care with kind of the desire of going, man, we're we're cheering for parents. We're hoping that they can do the work needed to get their children back. Mm -hmm. Um, But even when you have that kind of hope and desire, there's still a sense can be kind of a sense of grief that I think a lot of foster parents have when you reunify a child um, because you're saying goodbye in in a certain way. Um, And I think one of the interesting things about foster care, right, is that when foster parents tell other people, our foster children reunified, right, there can be like a variety of, some people hear that and are like, oh, thank God, like, that's great. But then I think other times people can be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like that, that must be so hard. And so could you tell a little bit, um, maybe both of you, as far as what was your experience of that process and uh, how people maybe responded? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think we're still going through that with how recent it all was. Um, We have gotten both of those, I think, people that don't know us as well and, and are familiar in a sense with foster care, uh, we have gotten the celebrations and there is the there yeah. is the pain that I feel like or the grief um, that that we deal with that it's hard to express. It's almost something that I I don't often share in, in those conversations. Um, one thing that you mentioned earlier uh, and through our training, we were talking about the training. Yeah. We were instructed from the beginning, like this is all about reunification. If you're doing foster care, yeah. like everything is, and I, I take, I'm a rule follower, like take everything real literally. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I think that came into our conversations yeah, even sure. throughout the process of, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, we can't, we can't think of anything else other than reunification because that's what we were told to do. And like, that was yeah. even my mindset um, in the very beginning or for a long time, we had the girls for 14 months or the kiddos, sorry. Mm. Yeah. But uh yeah, so I think it almost felt like a a glorified babysitter role. Yeah. Uh, that's something that it was really hard to, but when that, when that transition happened, um, or, or throughout the process, 
feeling more that identity of a father or parents to the kiddos whenever whenever that did change yeah um it was really hard to deal with i don't think that we were prepared for it mm-hmm. in the way that we experienced it um and it's hard to it's hard to communicate that even with people that ask yeah. um so you kind of have to play both sides to uh when when people are celebrating that you almost feel the grief more. And then when people are solely looking at the grief of like, Oh, it must be so hard for you. It's like, no, you got to offer the hope of, yeah, but they're back, you know? And that's kind of, that was the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, yeah, I t- totally can connect with you with the, uh, that fatherness, right? Like, because you go in with it, with this mindset and yet, in every way you're providing care, you're attaching to these children and, and doing everything. And it's just natural to, for your heart to just kind of get connected. I think a lot of times, right? Like I think of even when Jesus is like where your treasure is there, your heart will be also, and you're like pouring all this treasure into these kids. Right. And so it's so easy for your heart to kind of go there, even though, you know, like, okay, this is going to end. Um, but it's, it's, it's hard, right? Because it's like head heart kind of thing. And so, Absolutely. yeah. And then the balancing of the, just the different grief. And so, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, you know, kind of what Garrett said, so you have people, you know, coming saying, oh, good job. You guys did the ministry. Yeah. You know, you were able to reunify them. That's the goal. And then you have people that are, like Garrett said, just devastated being like, why would God take him from you guys? You know, you yeah. guys were such good parents. It's it's wrong. You know, this is so yeah. wrong. How can we know they're going to be safe? You know, just all, you know, people really <laughs> grieving out loud yeah. that I think it's easy to even get anger, you know, have that feeling of anger when people are reaching out to you. And it's so genuine what people are saying. They're just, you know, processing out loud. But I think we would sometimes, or actually I can't really speak for you. I'd say probably more for me would really get caught up in feeling angry by either one of those responses from people sometimes being like, that is not helpful, you know, in the moment or feeling like we needed to explain, you know, why we did it or, um, you know, say, well, we're grieving too. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's just kind of tricky sometimes navigating. Yeah. Both of those responses from, from people. I've heard, um, in some articles I've read the discussion of something called disenfranchised grief, where for instance, in normal grief, right? Someone dies, everyone kind of gets what that means. Right. And where this disenfranchised grief is not, everyone really understands that. And there's this variability, right? Because it's kind of going, I, I grieve, but I'm also supposed to be happy with that and kind of, so can you two kind of talk about, right? Like thinking about that, knowing, okay, there's this kind of both and I'm happy in some ways, but then I'm also really disappointed and sad in other mm-hmm. ways because of that connection. So I think about that. And then I think about just the process of grief, right? Mm-hmm. We think about, um, even the stages of grief, right? The denial, the anger, bargaining, right? Like mm-hmm. all of those different stages that you go through and then people go through them differently at different paces, right? You can go one day, you could be totally bargaining and just trying to think about everything, what you could have done to change the outcome. And then other times you're just mad. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think one of the things that I've noticed in my work with families is that, well, husbands and wives do that in like a different way, um, the processing of grief. And so I think there can be a lot of times where there's like maybe even a miss between husbands and wives and just yeah. how they process grief. And then there's even like the norms of like, here's, here's 
kind of stereotypical way maybe men handle grief versus women. And so we just kind of share a little bit about kind of what was your grief process? Maybe what were some of the things that you were thinking about um, um, specifically in your role as a husband and wife? And, and yeah. There's a lot there, Brandon. Um, some really good points. So one of the things in our grief counseling, which we might talk about a little bit later, yeah. but uh, our counselor recommended that we read a grief observed by C.S. Lewis and reading through that, I love C.S. Lewis, yeah. and I've never been so offended um, <laughs> by what he what he's read because he's such. I mean, there are so many powerful books that he's had and, and writings, and so there's specifically that was based on a death, like you just said. Yeah, and I I used to describe it as that a couple of months ago. Right when it happened, it's like yeah, it does feel like a death because that relationship, while there, there's hope for maybe some sort of uh, relationship in the future or still knowing yeah. that they're there. Like my, they were our only two kiddos. We haven't, we don't have our own, anything like that. So yeah. my role as a father, there was a death there. Yeah. Um, at least temporarily, at least presently. Yeah. Uh, so I, going through that book, um, there was parts where I was like, this isn't helpful at all. It's very different. And then <laughs> finishing it, it did kind of come full circle. So I think that was really helpful, um, in my processing to get to the final pages of that and kind of see where he ended and just applying um, what he said there. And I think, uh, let's see, what else were we talking about? The roles, differences between the two of us? Yeah, or? yeah. and wife and their roles and or maybe the norms. Of, yeah. yeah, yeah. So as a man kind of going through grief, what was, uh, what, did you notice any differences from Haley as far as like maybe how you grieved or handled that grief compared to your wife? Absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. 100% opposites. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So we probably would have guessed that we would have grieved differently, but living mm -hmm. through it was very interesting and still is. Uh, I think the typical, you asked about typical differences in male and female. And I yeah. think, uh, guys tend to compartmentalize and I absolutely experienced that on a day-to-day -day level um, and not really understanding what the grief process was. So I could, I could be in my logical brain yeah. and like, Hey, we were, they told us from day one, it's about reunification. We did that. That's a success. Just like yeah. we talked about earlier. Um, so I don't even let myself feel that death of fatherhood and yeah. in the moments. And there's like this, there's this pain, but I can focus on, well, we're supposed to think this and I can almost just tune that other emotion all the way down. Yeah. And Haley was feeling it from before the girls even left, um, knew what was coming and, uh, was already kind of, and I'll let you talk about your own grief more, but she was well, way more versed in that. I would say that you were able to grieve. And I remember through our grief counseling, we had three sessions and by the weeks we explained what gr the stages of grief were in the first one. I'm like, okay, I, I remember those. I don't really know them <laughs> by, by session two. I was like, I already finished all six or all five. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it was, you know, whew, that was a tough two weeks, but I think I'm to acceptance. And then a conversation in between two and three happened. And I like, I talked to my uncle actually, and just, he asked me the same question everyone else had. And it hit me in a different way. Yeah. And I just broke down. Um, and then talked with Haley and she got to see all of it. And I'm like, okay, I was actually in stage one. I was in <laughs> denial the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I got to 
just go to the second. But I think I thought it was a logical five steps. It's like you're in one, you're in two, you're in yeah. three, all yeah. the way through. And then you graduate and you never go back to the other one. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, this is much more fluid. Yeah. Uh, and even for guys, even compartmentally, I could be, well, in, in my logical side, I can almost think I'm in acceptance. Maybe it is still denial, but then you can get, you could get a memory that just hits you and it's uncontrollable. And then it takes you all the way back to the depression or anger. Um, and it, it's just like a shock wave that it's just like, wow, what in the world? I thought I was past this Yeah, and it's not that simple at all. So I think, I just feel like you're way better than that at me, (laughs) at, at least understanding it, having that realization. I'm just, and maybe that's most guys or maybe it's just me, but I think, uh, I kind of had that understanding for Haley. I, and I knew she's better at her feelings than, than I am. And even as we went through grief counseling, just it's like hearing her, I'm just in awe. I'm like, wow, how does she understand that? Right. Um, but it was, like I said, living through it certainly learned a lot and continue to, uh, but we definitely, there was grief in different ways for sure. And at the start, I might've been like, oh, I need her to get to where I'm at. Yeah. When she fully heals, she'll be where I'm at. But it's like, I think you're actually way further than, oh. or you're processing, processing through it with much more awareness than I was. Right. I think so many times as men, I hear, thank you for saying that. Cause right. Like even personally for, for grief experiences in my own life, right. I've compartmentalized, right. There's this sense of, I think this vulnerability as a man, and I would rather just compartmentalize and kind of keep to the task and, um, yeah. And there is that tendency to kind of go, well, I'm, I'm doing it the good way because I'm less, uh, dysregulated and I'm just kind of keeping focus on it. But there is something I think so, uh, powerful and beautiful about marriage relationships and our wives oftentimes having more of an, in connection with the emotions in that and us being able to kind of learn from that, um, I think there also could be a tendency um, in the work that I've done with uh, others that are going through grief, right? Is that sometimes wives might feel like um, the husband, so the husband's just trying to protect, right? And so it's like, I'm compartmentalizing, I'm protecting. And yet sometimes the wives can kind of interpret that as like, do you not care? Does this, do you have a heart of stone right now? Like, how is this not bothering you? And we're just going, let's power through it. And usually it's out of a care or concern of protection or just kind of moving forward and not, not wanting anyone in our family to hurt. And so I, I so thankful just even as you're kind of acknowledging that because as compartmentalized as we try to be, that grief process is still there for us as men. And we just sometimes try to avoid it as much as possible. And so, yeah, Haley, would you just share kind of maybe some of your experience with that? And yeah. Yeah. So I think Garrett, you did a great job kind of explaining that and definitely um, realizing, you know, maybe a month in that we were totally on different, (laughs) you know, uh, different stages of our grief. Um, And, yeah, I just, I, I know we talked about it a little bit on the the last podcast about that. I, I really get stuck in that bargaining and that anger, yeah. you know, stage. And I think for me, and I'm still there, I, you know, sometimes I feel like, oh, maybe I'm moving forward, but then I get triggered by something or there's yeah. a reminder or, you know, we even go somewhere that we took the girls and it's like the last time we were there, you know, the girls are with us and it's like, mm-hmm. ugh, you know, then you just kind of see all the, maybe the bitterness, you know, come back yeah. in. Yeah. So I think um, for me, 
it's, yeah, so here I am, you know, trying to move forward, knowing that I'm probably a little bit more have the tendency to sit in that anger, sit in that bargaining stage. Um, and it's really easy for me to put that on Garrett because who else is there right. to blame yeah. in the moment, you know? Yeah. So even if he's like, I mean, as you can probably tell in like the 10 minutes, like he's so sincere and he's so yeah. just kind and generous. So even in the best, you know, good intentions, there would be so many times where I could just take things out on him and it'd be like, where did that come from? (laughs) You know, where I remember even not too long ago, the other day, he was like, I I made you coffee. I've been trying so hard all day just to like, you know, just be kind and, you know, meet your like love languages and whatnot. And he's like, and you're just not accepting any of it. And it's like, wow, why am I doing that? I'm, you know, I am, I'm just being so mean or I'm being so rude. And I do, I see that you're being so kind to me. Why am I treating you this way? You know? And it's like, sometimes, you know, in our grief, really having to sit back and be like, why is this, you know? And then thinking, okay, what has happened in our day? And you know, are there things that are maybe triggering me and, you know, causing me to do this? And then how, as a couple, do we need to, you know, come together and talk about this, but also what I need to do in this moment too, to identify what's going on in myself and yeah. self care or just even naming it, right. Name yeah. entertainment. I yeah. use it Dan all the Siegel's, time. Dan yeah. Siegel, name entertainment. Good I think book. sometimes that is so helpful for us just to be like, I, you know, maybe we can't totally identify everything that's going on, but if we can at least say, okay, this is maybe something that is causing grief or am I angry or am I bargaining or am I just, yeah. you know, feeling all the feelings today that maybe yesterday I was doing really fine with. And now, you yeah. know, what's happening. That's okay. It's okay. This is natural. Um, but what do I need to be doing to make sure that I'm still respecting him and, you know, finding that space, but also not, you know, disregarding the fact that I'm kind of going to and fro and yeah. the grief. And that's so. okay. Right? right. Like, and I like the kind of hearing from that, right. Is this, if you know the stages and you're like, Ooh, I'm angry today, Mm -hmm. then I imagine it's easier if you both are kind of like, Haley's angry today. (laughs) And that's not about me, Garrett. It's Mm -hmm. not about you, Garrett. Right. Like it's her processing that and kind of, right. There's just, it seems like there needs to be this air of grace of, Mm -hmm. okay, we're each going to be through this. And when we get through those, when we're in those messy stages, we're messy. And oftentimes, like you said, it's the people closest to us, right? right? That are, we're, we're letting the anger or the Mm -hmm. bargaining or whatever kind of, uh, kind of flow out onto when really that that's it's, which can create kind of distance, Mm -hmm. which is the opposite. And so, um, I hear you saying that one of the ways that you kind of maintain your intimacy in your uh, marriage, well, one, you go into counseling together, but then two, like kind of naming the, uh, like, okay, this is where I'm at right now. And Mm -hmm. this is not about you. Any other things that you've found that have helped to keep your, um, intimacy or kind of keep you two working on the same page together as you're going through the grief process differently? Um, anything else that you've noticed that have kind of really helped? I think getting into those conversations, we can tend to avoid Maybe it's the time that it would take because we get into these long conversations about it or when we're both trying to navigate individually, it's hard. I I feel hesitant to to lean on her because I know she's going through it with me and I feel hesitant to, I mean, part of it, there's part of me that wants to share because I know she's feeling, but it's like, I need help too. So it's almost like 
we obviously can do that in a way as husband and wife, but we're also the two that are feeling it the most Yeah, where there's maybe other people that can support in different ways instead of putting that burden on Haley when I know she's going through it just yeah. as much as I am. But I think the conversations, um, I was great. What you said the the naming it and or Haley, when you yeah. brought it up too, but, um, identifying it was crucial because when you're just getting all of the, the symptoms or your, the, the results of what that actual feeling is, and we're not talking about it, it just builds up of this resentment or whatever yeah. the, maybe the, the, the confusion. Um, but when we have these conversations and kind of open that open up to each other mm. for sure, the intimacy and just the level of understanding, it's like, there's my wife, like there is why, um, maybe this stuff is happening. Yeah. And instead of me putting those pieces together, cause I'm not very good at that. You know, <laughs> right. when I put the pieces together yeah. for her, instead of her letting me know, I, I tend to get it wrong every time and usually very wrong. So <laughs> when we get to talk about it, then it's like, Oh, that's why not anything. What I was thinking, but it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think God gives women us guys to give them patience and grace with us. Right. Cause we're like, uh, I'm not putting these two together so often. Right. For sure. But, uh, but yeah. And so how, how did therapy, like, so you mentioned kind of going through mm-hmm. this to process that, how do you think that supported this process? Well, I mean, I think one thing that we both really liked is again, from that first question that you asked, you are getting so many opinions from people. And yeah. I don't even think people realize that they're giving you opinions. They just want to help you. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think so many times if we've ever been through grief, we've all been in that moment where people are just trying to be there for us, but they just don't know what to say. And it yeah. just, you know, it just gets a little messy or confusing. Yeah. So I think having somebody that honestly didn't know us that, you know, briefly knew a little bit of our situation, but was just able to kind of provide some insight, which is so helpful in the midst of all the other voices, you know, and sounds. Um, And then as maybe some of our other foster parents are feeling is sometimes too, you're having your, you know, you're getting calls about other kids and it's just like, you know, and then that brings in some confusion too. So I think for us, we, we decided that we weren't going to do that. We put ourselves on hold so we could have other people outside of, you know, our circumstances just really, invest into helping us. So I think that was something that was really huge with therapy was just having somebody who, um, even isn't necessarily super familiar with foster care system, you know, that was really, um, helpful for us. I think both of us too, um, in addition to counseling, um, both have mentors too, that are Mm. somewhat familiar with foster care, walked along, you know, side us as the process, but again, we're somewhat also removed that we're, um, investing into both of us individually. Yeah. Too. And I think that was really helpful. So we are getting help together, but we were also getting help individually and just mm. making sure, you know, that we were um, being aware of, you know, maybe the hardships that our marriage was facing or just, you know, yeah. talking about this is what I'm struggling with, you know, and yeah. um, I feel like what Garrett said, I feel kind of guilty. I don't want to put that burden on them because I know that they're hurting right now too. And I think we need to be transparent with our spouses too. I'm not saying don't tell them anything. That's absolutely not what I'm saying, but I think it's good to have people that are also, you know, maybe married or a little bit older that can just say, yeah, you know what, that, that is so hard. And what are you guys doing? Are you guys making sure that you're, you know, self-care, are you guys being intentional about reading together or going to do something? I think it was just nice to have, um, that additional guidance. Yeah. yeah. And to add to that, you, on that question, I think growing up, getting to adulthood, you're 
constantly in a situation. This is the first time I've ever dealt with this. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And then you spend a season as adults and you start to say, Oh, I, I kind of been through everything a time or two and, and everything gets more familiar. And then all of a sudden we found ourselves in this situation where we were parents. We weren't, it's like yeah. the very first time. Yeah. It's like, how do you navigate this? So even in the conversations just like I just talked about that we had, I think a lot of that was framed by the homework yeah. or discussions that we had in the grief counseling. So it was incredible. I've never done counseling. I don't think before this grief yeah. counseling and just, Again, the, the conversations were one thing, but just the framework for, for navigating yeah. uncharted territories in that and together, because you can individually is one thing and that's complicated yeah. enough. Yeah. Uh, but then throw in your spouse and how do you guys navigate this together without some sort of roadmap? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, it was very confusing and that definitely seemed to help. Yeah. Um, just realize where we're coming from, what the goal is, like, what does it look like? what will it look like as we move further along? So I, I think that gave me a lot more comfort too. And yeah. just knowing it's not even the stages of grief, like it's not forever. Like right. feel these, don't be afraid to to get into that point because there will be a time and you might, there, there might be seasons where you go back to it or whatever, but it's not, this isn't permanent mm, and it's all, that. it all will ultimately help grow you for whatever is to come. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, I love that. Right. That's, oftentimes a theme in any type of therapy that whatever emotion or difficulty you're going through, right. Just reminding yourself, this is not forever. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's so powerful. I think a lot of times we have uh, foster families that will make decisions sometimes that can be in light of thinking this is a forever kind of emotion. So they're going, I'm never doing this again, or I'm, you know, or I'm jumping right back in to avoid, yeah. right? Like, but that sense of let's just sit with it. And I love, you mentioned earlier as you were talking about Haley, and I, th I think it was in the context of a therapy session where you were listening to her talk and you're like, wow, she knows a lot, right? Like, but even creating space to just hear each other out mm -hmm. and kind of go, I really want to hear you can even develop this greater sense of love intimacy, admiration for one another. Cause it's, you're going, Oh my goodness, my wife, like she's awesome with this. Right. And so Absolutely. I just, I really uh, connected with that of just kind of going, man, just, but you have to create space to do right. that. And as you guys were talking about the taking a break, there was a, a dear foster family um, when I used to be a licensing worker back in the day and they had been doing this for, it was years, maybe even decades. And one of the things they always had done is as soon as the children would leave, mm -hmm. they would take a one to three month break yeah. um, and they would just spend time with other, they would vacation, they would create space mm -hmm. to do these kinds of things. Um, and, you know, they were much older than we were, but I think that was from wisdom and experience that they were just going, no, let's create space. Let's talk about that. And then, then let's make decisions and move forward with that. And so I just, I'm just so impressed, like, wow, <laughs> praise God for the wisdom that you, that he's just kind of given you both and just navigating this. Um, I think, there's just even thinking about all of the advice that I think hopefully any foster parent that is watching this, right? So you're going, do the self-care, right? Um, 
create space to do that talking and therapy might be a great way to, as a catalyst to kind of go here, let me show you what this is like and now go practice this at home. Right. Um, and then also, but then also having other people that are pouring into you mm -hmm. that are individual, right? And so you, in those times when you would maybe typically rely on your spouse, but your spouse is going through it. And so you need to find other people and I think that's why I love in the foster care and adoptive departments that they have these support groups where it's other people going through this kind of stuff. So right. you can have relationships with other people that might be able to support you in that way or small groups, church, church groups, Bible study groups, those different mentors or different yeah. things. I think relationships are so powerful. And so I thank you for that. I, I just, I really appreciate it. Any other um, advice or any other things that you would want to say to foster and adoptive parents that might be going through this um, even now as they're watching it? I like what you mentioned earlier as we were driving yeah. here, we were talking about this and you mentioned something, I think, and um, that's, I think, just really encouraging for our foster families in regards to the classes that we take, too, and the control piece. I remember you said something, and I was like, that's money. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Share that. yeah. I'll share that part? Yeah. Uh, about to. the training classes? Well, yeah, just the your realization about control and that you're, you know, you were told you don't have control, but how to really, how faith ties into that. And that's, Ooh. it was, yeah. yeah, it was like, yeah, man, that is, that's oh. good stuff. Yeah, we did. So, yeah. Uh, I think one thing that we experienced that I was completely ignorant to was, well, they tell you it's going to go something like this. It's going to be hard. That's what you said, which was great. That is what they told us. Like, it's going to be hard. And it's like, okay, it's going to be hard. Yeah. You know, I, okay, yeah. I'm ready or, or, or I'm not, I don't know, but it, it's, that doesn't even come close to explaining what it is that you're going through. Um, and I think that tying into the level of control, I think that was one of the most difficult parts is because we know these kids in this season better than anyone. We're spending right. all of our time with them. Um, obviously the number one thing is safety um, for these children. Yeah. Uh, and then you have all these decision makers and you're not one of them. You have maybe yeah. 20 people or, or, you know, there's so many put from the, the judge to all the, just all the different players. Yes, yeah. 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 And they, everyone's telling you something else and everyone's pretty confident in how they feel, but right. then it's like, but you said something directly opposite to this other person. Yeah. 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 And so they are likely going to be up for adoption in one week. And then the next week they are definitely going back home oh, Wow. and we're just sitting here getting whiplash, like one to the next. It's like, what is the rest of our life going to look like? And this is before any decisions have even been made. Right. Been made. So it's hard to move forward. When you just yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think going into the process, uh, we knew it was going to take faith. I think that's kind of what we talked about. It's like, we, we don't have control. Um, we're, we put it in God's hands. He's going to take care of it. Like we know that his plan is better than we can make for ourselves. And then yeah. when we really got into it, we, living that out is so much different than thinking about it before it happens. Like yeah. thinking, Oh, it's going to take faith. But then when you actually see these kids and your their parents and you don't know, um, it's just like, God, I really hope you're doing, you know, what, <laughs> yeah. I hope you're, you're on it. You're going to complete what you said, or we had all this faith that you're going to do the right thing. And that's what brought us to this. Um, but then actually putting it to the test of saying, well, now, we kind of thought it was going to go this way. Yeah. It goes completely different, but are you still there? Like, are you, yeah. are you really going to do what 
now we think this is better. It's our plan, but that is still our plan. So I think that was such a huge growth experience mm-hmm. um, of actually testing that faith and still having to like every single day, like mm-hmm. doubt can creep in. It's like, was that the right thing? Like, mm-hmm. should, yeah. should something else have happened? And it's just giving that over every day, but it strengthens that muscle almost. If you could think of it that way, it's just almost like, okay, what, what we kind of held on to often throughout the process when one week it would be for sure one thing. And the next week they're, they're going back home was yeah. just like every day you get, I mean, tomorrow is always uncertain. We, yeah. we knew that, but looking back, God provided every single day, like he got us to today. Um, so it's looking back, there's such comfort that, cause we, there were so many scares where we thought it would have been way too soon. Yeah. And it was like, they're, they're going to go. Um, and we're like, I don't know that they're ready, but then something would happen and they would still be with us. Wow. Um, yeah. and it's just like, that probably happened more than five times. Yeah. And so, and that took place over, you know, eight months. So yeah. it's just like, wow, we're still in this situation. God has provided every day up till to now. And then, you know, when, when that did happen for us, it's just like, okay, well, why wouldn't it have happened all those other times? I mean, there, there has to be a reason. That's what we were able to hold on to. So it gave us great comfort and hope. Yes. And it's like, it's nothing like we would have planned if we could have done it ourselves. But I think if we had the opportunity, even with all the grief that's come with it, um, like we would absolutely do that exact thing again. We would say yes, if it, if we had to redo it. Mm. And I think it's just been really healing for us as a couple too, because now we're in a spot where we can talk about this stuff a little bit more, right? Where it's, I mean, it's not that it's not hard, but it's definitely a little bit easier, but I think it's been really beautiful in a lot of ways that when we are able to talk and reflect on the case, like what Garrett's saying, he's like, man, there's so many times where we were like, what is happening? And looking back, we can say, oh, God totally used that situation or protected them, you know? And while obviously, you know, they're like what Garrett said, the doubt still comes in. I don't know. It is just really cool when you and your spouse can kind of be in that spot together where you might not be exactly in the same spot in your grief and that's okay. That's just not you know, I don't really think that's always realistic for us to think, but it's nice when you have those moments where it's like, wow, we Mm. are so connected in this moment or this makes sense to both of us. It's like, thank you, God, (laughs) you know, for that. And just that, you know, assurance that he is through the case. He was with us. He was with the kiddos in our home, but he's also with us in our grief. And I think Mm. sometimes, um, our grief tends to cause us to shift the other way of being like, God, where are you? You know? So I don't know. I just, I think that's really encouraging for our families that if you're grieving, our heart goes out to you. You know, we, it's not easy at all, but look in those moments where faith, you know, is, you know, helping lead you through. And then you're able to see the glimpses of God's goodness. So, yeah. and like I said, there might be moments where you see it for a minute <laughs> yeah. and then you don't feel like it's you see gone. it. For, where'd it go? Yeah. yeah. Where'd it yeah. go? It's gone. You know, and you don't feel that way for a month and that's okay. Everybody yeah. does that differently. But I think, yeah, I, I'm just really thankful for that for both of us where we're kind of going through of like, okay, yeah, God, we, we can see you. So, yeah. yeah. And as, as you two are talking about that and you mentioned hope Garrett, like I'm going, I'm wondering if this is what it looks like when I read James one, where it's like, mm-hmm. consider it all joy when you experience various yeah. trials because it produces, and it, there's different words that use depending upon the translation, but character or endurance, and those produce hope, mm-hmm. right? Like as you focus on this all loving God who sacrificed his son for us, and we're going, man, if you, God, if you've 
what talks about in Romans 8 where it's going, if he who did not spare his own son for you, how will he not graciously give you all things, right? And so mm-hmm. he's going, Haley Garrett, I got you in this. Just look at me. And as you have worked together to kind of keep your eyes on him, right, there's this sense of hope or lightness, even in the midst of a really hard thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's my prayer for all of you that are out there that are maybe listening to this is um, you're not alone, right? And and there's so many other families like Haley and Garrett that are going through that same thing. And so if, if you're in that place and you're feeling kind of stuck as a couple, right, our mission at uh, Christian Family Care and Arizona Family Counseling is strengthening families and serving at-risk children in the name of Jesus Christ. And so if you're struggling with that at all, I'd love to encourage you to check out the Arizona Family Counseling website down below. Um, If you're needing support in your marriage or kind of the grief processing, as Haley and Garrett mentioned, we would love to support you with that. And we could also point you to different support groups or different resources that would support you in your ministry. And Haley and Garrett, just thanks again for coming on and just sharing a little bit into your lives and that just kind of opening that up so others can see. And so uh, thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Family Care Learning Podcast. If you found this content helpful or encouraging, please click that subscribe button and give us a review or share this with other families that might enjoy this type of content. Just a reminder, we have the full video of this podcast on our YouTube channel. And if you're a foster parent that needs continuing education credits, you can check us out at familycarelearning.org, where we have an entire catalog of foster care training courses. Family Care Learning is made possible by the donations from listeners like you. If you wish to support the work we do in strengthening families, feel free to make a tax-deductible donation at familycarelearning.org. Thank you.